Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Clive Anderson. Welcome to My 7 Wonders Live. In the My 7 Wonders podcast, I ask a special guest to select and talk about the seven wonders of his or her world. This episode is one of several we recorded in front of a live audience at the 2022 Edinburgh Festival Fringe. And the guest who joined me for this recording is an Irish comedian who performs regularly at the Edinburgh Festival and at festivals and tours all around the world, as well as on any number of TV shows. And he presents his own series on Radio 4. So here we are with an enthusiastic Edinburgh Fringe audience exploring the seven wonders of Andrew Maxwell. Oh, yes. Good reaction. Thank you. Yes. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon. Ah. Uh, uh, proper... Ah. Uh, a proper comedian coming on with a pint of beer. Why yeah. not? Yeah. I thought I'll have a pint with Clive. Look, I'm again. A, I'm a bit droopy here. I can't... Ah, it's of last night. Right now the, um, so, um, good to see you. Good to see you. So, uh, so Very that, nice to see you, Clive. Yeah, now, yeah. tell them why I'm here. You're here to do my seven No, wonders. because you cornered me in a bar at three in the morning and made me do it. I tell you, he's quite a forceful man. It's not all affability with this fucker oh, here. Oh, no, no, no. Tell me what you're... you're just to get on your side. What's, what's the name of your show and where is it? It's called Krakatoa. Yes. I've got an interactive volcano this year, Clive. <laughs> yes. The I'm, laugh, the vo- I'm laughing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a projection of a volcano. Yeah. Other than this, this is a stand-up hour. But yeah. There's a projection of a volcano. Excellent. And anybody in the room shouts Krakatoa. Yeah. It sets the volcano off. There's an explosion. There's uh, some smoke mm. and some lighting effects. Isn't that a bit dangerous? You're in the middle of a quiet bit of... Um, you know, build up to a joke and somebody shouts Krakatoa. That's right. Ruined. That's right. Ruined. Danger. Yeah. Danger, yeah. Clive. Yeah. Because that's the visual metaphor of the volcano. Oh, no, I follow. Yes. It can destroy the world, but yeah. it also can make the most fertile soils. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't got anything like that here, but, but, but do bear in mind this is being recorded for a podcast, so if, you, if there is a quiet bit in our conversation, you can throw in a sort of... <laughs> sort of laugh like that. Yeah. It'll, it'll be confusing, but it means you can pick yourself on the recording if you, if you right. happen to go and uh, listen You'll hear to yourself it. at it. Yes. Last <laughs> night, there was so much Krakatoas, I got completely <laughs> lost inside the smoke. Oh, no. So, yeah, sometimes people have the devil in them. Yes. They, once they realise they have the power, yeah. they just won't stop shouting yeah. Krakatoa. Yeah. I lost a good 10 minutes of the show to, yes. the, to the volcano. Now, I've introduced you as a comedian, obviously, and I know you yes. from your stand-up act and your tours and everything. Yes. Uh, but I, I thought I'd better check uh, to just check what you're known for. So I went to the that right. authority on things, Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which, oddly enough, is not featured as a wonder of the world, which I think is a wonder it of the is. world. Even though my entry is completely wrong. There's more mistakes in my entry than, than it's physically possible. You think of the amount of tech billionaires and Jimmy Wales is still kicking around. and He did it for free. He's, he did it for free. Bono great. made a billion. Yes. He's, he's one of the founding investors in Facebook. Did you know that? No, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He knows what he's doing, isn't he? <laughs> hey, well, yeah. What he a gives podcast. It, but he gives it all away, doesn't he? In, ah, yeah, in, I'm sure he does. In tax, if, 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 if necessary. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he, he certainly supplies the pubs of Dublin, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Okay, best known for narrating the MTV reality series X on the Beach. Oh, yeah. Which is like Love Island with knobs on, isn't it? So it the, sure is. Yes. I no. think you've completely sold it. Yeah. That's right. It makes Love Island look like the opera. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get involved in doing that? Was well, it was really strange. It was, so you know yourself. So in television is bullshit. And yeah. 99% of everything in television is bullshit. Don't it's, you involve me in your, your you know, don't views. pretend yeah. meetings, meetings, and meetings. yes, yeah, right? yeah. There's a lot of handshaking and yeah. bullshit. Yeah. 
Basically, you've never done something on television until it's been broadcast and the money's in your bank account. Right. Up to that point, you've just been glad-handed half to yeah. death. Yeah. So, and basically what TV executives do is they have to fill their work diary with meetings. Mm. So they'll pull people in to have meetings with them and so oh, you'll have a great time. Yeah. Oh, you'll have a great time. But nothing comes of it. Yeah. And your agent calls you the next day and they go, how did it go? And you go, it was very positive. <laughs> that's, that's literally the television world. Yeah. So, and the I person got, you're having a meeting with is positive, but he's still got to, or she's got to go and sell it to somebody right. else. Yeah, and then exactly. Somebody else. There's a lot of glad. But he, this obviously got so, sold. So what, yeah. so what happened was yeah. I got asked to go to this meeting to do voiceover. I've never done, I'd never done voiceovers. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, all right. Mm. It's quite unusual. So I go into Soho, meet these people. Uh, they'd made a, a show previously called The Valleys. Mm. The Valleys makes Geordie Shore look like the opera. Yes, yeah. It was the Welsh version of Geordie Shore. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. It was all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I think one guy stuck a, a battery up his bum for no reason, one episode. Yeah. It's that level of, you know what yeah. I mean? Well, to keep it's, himself going. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd hope so, Glenn. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So or in I, France, they said because he had piles. But that, well, that maybe depends you. on you knowing what the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rotten, rotten. All that education yeah. and this where it ends. Yeah. Uh, so, what, uh, so I go into the meeting and it's again, it's just your standard yeah. TV meeting. And the end of it, they were like, well, what do you think? Do you want to do it? Mm. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'd like to do it. And mm. they were like, well... So we're going to do it? Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. And they go, well, <laughs> well, should we shake hands and you're yeah. going to do it? I'm like, well, yeah, I'd like to do it. Yeah. Just years of just vagary. Yeah. So we shook hands and went, right, you're doing it. And I was like, oh, Fantastic. okay. Yeah. And, that, and I was like, said, from no voiceover experience, I was like, well, why did you, well, why me? Mm. And they went, well, we were looking for somebody for the show. And we looked at a lot of comedians on YouTube and we saw you and we thought... This guy is a bastard. <laughs> I've never felt more seen. Yes. Well, that's a fair point. That's a good, yeah. good reason for getting the job. And yeah, yeah. I, think that, I think many people would at least Agree. entertain <laughs> that idea. Well, and just while I'm just dealing with your, uh, the, uh, the oddities of your career, uh, odd, odd to me anyway, because you've also done uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. I have. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago, two or three years ago. I now, did the last series yeah. in, in the jungle. Yeah. I didn't do any damp cave or damp castle in Wales. I did uh, 2019. When I saw that you were in it, I mean, I, I heard you were in it, and also Ian Wright, a great uh, Arsenal Well, obviously uh, is your team. Yes, yeah. and I thought, well, you've both got big personalities. You yes. really get on well. It's going to be a... Re but you had a bit of a sort of um, oh, no, clash, didn't you? No, I knew... The thing is, I actually know Ian through yeah. Ian Stone, who, yeah. as you know, is oh, a yes. very funny comedian yes. and also a massive gooner. Yeah. And uh, so I knew Ian anyway. Mm. And for the first week, it's amazing, but you're starving. Mm. You are starving. Yeah. You know, you were very, very hungry. 600 calories a day. And yeah. most people are on two and a half thousand. Right. So you're very, very hungry. This just give you an idea of how hungry you are, and I'm a celeb. Uh, three days in, everybody in the camp, we all started stuttering. Right. We all started. Uh, that, that is an effect of under eating, is it? It it turns out it's the collapse in your blood sugar. Uh, it affects the serotonin, and serotonin's yeah. closely connected to stuttering and stammering. So we we're all stuttering and stammering, and each one of us going into. The Bush Telegraph, you know, the diary yeah. room. That's how you'd interface with the production yeah. team. And all of us were like, I, 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 can't, I, can't, I can't talk. And they were like, it's, it's fine. It'll take 24 hours. It's your, all your blood sugar finally leaving your system. And then you'll start burning your fats and you'll be fine again. So that's how hungry we were. This is like a slimming cure more than anything. But yeah, yeah. But you had a bit of an argument about, well, because you, you didn't do the washing up or something. Though. Oh, I don't know. You, you, honestly, yeah. you just, you, it's so micro. Like, yeah. you've, you, all you're, yeah. you've got is bickering over washing. But why did you do it? Why did you? Because I know several people have done it, and I'm completely flummoxed to well, all I, the reality things to do. Yeah. To go and sit and have to eat bugs and uh, well, live with no food and... And, and all those challenges, which are just game show things, really, aren't they? Oh, and they're quite stressful things to do. Yeah, but the game, weirdly, once you're in the show, that you want to get picked to fight a snake. Yeah. Because it's something to do. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it, it basically, I, I've been gigging in Australia as long as I've been here at the Fringe, so 27 years. Yeah. And I've gigged all over in all the cities of Australia and, and whatnot. Yeah. Done a little bit of... Did some sort of car journeys up and down coasts and whatnot. Yeah. But, but the opportunity of 
you know, living in the actual Aussie bush was just too, you know, it was awesome. Okay. Because you basically, you're, you're safe as houses, right? You are genuinely in the bush. There's two killer animals amongst you. There's uh, funnel web spiders and brown snakes. Right. Uh, both of them, without the antidote, will kill you. Yeah. But they're, but you, beyond the camera ranges, so sort of the distance of this room, from what, say if we are in the camp, we are the camp mates, not yeah. ring away, behind the camera arrays are Aussie special forces who are with you 24 hours a day. Oh, right. So they're, you're, you're completely protected. One day, I was so hungry. You ate one of the Aussie special forces. <laughs> I did, yeah. yeah. Shoes and all. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I started dying. So what happened was, uh, genuinely, uh, we you had, started dying. I started dying, yeah. You're taking a long time over it. Yeah, yeah, it can, t- it can take a while. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, cam- we had camel. We had one camel meat. All right, one hump or two. Uh, yeah. I think it was from the loin. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, whatever the, but it's basically, it's nice. It's sort of between beef and lamb. It's somewhere between beef All and right. lamb. Okay. Um, so, but we were so hungry. And, it, you know, it's, it is a sort of steak-esque Mm. Consistency, if you make sense. And I ate some of it, and I, I just didn't chew it. Mm. I inhaled it. Yeah. And I started ch- choking to death God. on television. And I'm on my knees. Yeah. I'm dying. I've got Kate Garraway slapping me on the back. Yes. Like very weak yeah. wifey slaps. Yes. So I'm dying. What about Ian Wright? Did he? Ian Wright yeah. wasn't there. He was yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, eventually, it was a guy called Andy Whiteman, who's been in Corrie for almost... 30 years. Yes. He really punched me in the back because he, ne- he didn't like me, but he saved my life. So that's something. <laughs> but uh, I, I was choking to death. This yeah. is all on camera. It was went out on the show. Yeah. Right? But the Aussie Special Forces were coming to do a tracheotomy to actually slit my <laughs> oh, throat. Oh, you put a biro in or Yeah, something. they were going to do They were yeah. actually going to do me. Oh, and they were thinking, fantastic. Yeah, here's an the opportunity. The first time we've had something to do. Yeah. Nine series. Got to slit somebody's yeah. throat on television. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it, it, the meat fired out. Right. Uh, I caught it. And I ate it straight away. Oh, no. You're so hungry. I'm not like... The meat didn't mean to kill me. It was my fault. But I just... I caught it. I've had dogs that do things like that. I know. uh, Look, we better get on to your wonders. uh, Okay. Because just so I check on this, those probably make you more famous than years and years of performing comedy. They do, but everything's in silos of different sort of stuff. So it was like... I'm celebrity's 17, 18 million people watch every episode. But they're... Not the people that come to the fringe, yeah, and vice versa. It's the same with the the you know I do a lot on Radio Four and do the MTV thing, but that's a Venn diagram that does not yes. touch. Do you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> you know, yes, like, I should have. Nobody knows that over here. I'm talking yeah. about some dude that's pissed in the pot. Yeah. You yeah. know. And yes, I'll, I should have mentioned you have series on Radio Four because that's the the ultimate accolade of the entertainment industry. I to think have your so. own series on Radio. Well, 4, I think right? so. Yeah, so do I. Now the um, let's <laughs> let's it's, get on to you. It is the see. It's the senior yeah. section, isn't it? It is. Yes. It now, does feel like you're in the light entertainment uh, Royal Navy. Yes, the Marines even. So let's start with your uh, your mm, first. They your do fir- what they're told. Your, <laughs> your anyway. first wonder. Your first one is the Alps. The Alps. Yeah. Okay. So this. Um, I think I know why you've put them on, but is it because of the scenery, the skiing, uh, the fresh air, or what? All the above, yes. absolutely. Um, so for years, we've uh, had our own comedy festival out there, and myself and Marcus Brigstock yeah. started it called Altitude. Yes. First three years, we were in the French Alps, and uh, then it's impossible to do business with the French. Yeah. So we. I think that's why the Brexit vote went the way it did. Yeah. So no, genuinely, the cheat chi- <laughs> one day, this is genuinely true, this is just France, right? It's just... I love France, don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. like some sort of Daily Mail France basher, but like we had a meeting with the chief of police and the mayor. We had lunch with them in the afternoon one day. Yeah. And then we did all our shows, did the festival, and then we had a late night bar show, yeah. right? Which would go from 11 till one in the morning, which we had a license for everything. And I was then seeing it and I uh, there was a, a really heavy bang on the door. The, the bar is rammed with just British and Irish and Aussie stoners and snowboarders, yeah. you know what I mean? And it was a on the door. Yeah. And everybody was like, <laughs> So I go open the door. And there's the chief of police and the other three cops in town in full riot gear. Right. In, and he's, he's like literally the quintessential French chief of police. A little yeah. fat fucker. Yeah. Weird, sleazy moustache, massive belly, yeah. sweaty hair. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, in Pink Panther cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that guy. Is, yeah. That guy, right? This is why we travel is to meet people like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's there, right? And he's, I'm like, what's going on? Like, obviously, you know, 
yeah. uh, greeted them by our first names. What would us having lunch that afternoon yeah. together? Uh, I spoke to him in English. He, he says back to me, I don't speak English in English. Yeah. And then sucker punch me. Oh, wow. He dropped me in front of the whole audience, right? <laughs> that is a really bad heckle, isn't it? Where the chief of police comes on and punches you. I goes, what the fuck's yeah. going on? Yeah. He goes, uh, you're not, uh, it's not legal for you to do the show now in, in the venue. And I went, and now, like, the, my blood's up, but they're all, hmm. I'm surrounded by cops and my kid, yeah. right? And there's the audience there. They're yeah. like, so I like getting their money's worth, really. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. what a show. Never, yeah, so never, I, I went never just... Never mind a rant about this and that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bollocks all that. Let's yeah. see physical yeah. combat yeah. between two yeah. men out of shape. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I went just being facetious, but I was kind of, my blood was boiling. Yeah. I, went, I went, can we do the gig outside then? Yeah. Expecting to give me a second dig. But yeah. he went, yeah, I don't care about that. Well, so what was the rule that meant that you couldn't do it? We have no idea to this yeah. day. So he, they all get back in. So outside, there was a couple of bar tables. <laughs> yeah. Then there was a, a, a swimming pool. The whole thing is a whole hotel complex. Yeah. All of it owned by the most powerful man in the town, who is his business partner. Yeah. Right? Uh, we, 180 shit-faced British and Irish kids and Aussies, then poured out of the bar at one in the morning yeah. and carried on the gig outside while smashing glasses and singing songs yeah. for another three hours. Well, right beside us, they methodically just took off their riot gear yeah. and fucked off. Yeah. And that, so there was a, something about the venue. No idea. Yeah. We have yeah. no idea. But he hit you. Oh, he sucker punched well, I, me I, with, the, with the short end of the baton. I, I would like to suggest you might have a case against him in law, but I can't give you that advice because I'm on strike along with all the yes, other exactly. English barristers at the moment. And also, what yeah. do you know about Code Napoleon? <laughs> Investigating judges, it must frighten you. <laughs> yes, it's a complicated system. Basically, you're, you're guilty once they've, the investigating judge has decided you did it. Yeah. That, that's how the system works. I mean, in all fairness, it's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know I do, it doesn't sound as though you were guilty of anything much there. Uh, other than breaking some rule that you that we don't know, you should it, have discussed over lunch if he was going to. Well, it yeah. was a perfectly pleasant lunch. Yeah. Like I but, picked up the tab. But like, when we both had steak tartare. But but now you do it. Now you do the the your. We're, we've been we've you been go, in the Austrian Alps for Aust years, and it's, Austrians are much more oh, mate, uh, nicer like, people. Oh, totally around. different. Long history Every, from uh, going right back to the sound of music. Oh, being, <laughs> which, by the way, is never shown there, isn't it? It's the only it's the only country in the world where they don't show sound of music. And why is that? Because they. That we mispronounce Edelweiss in the song, and it. Uh, don't know. They don't like it. They don't like it. They don't like it. It's a very different yeah. country. It's yeah. basically Wien, Vienna, yes. is super left wing, yeah. and then the rest of the country is super right wing. It's sort of oh. almost like Austin and the rest of Texas. Okay. That's sort of so what Austria is. So you're saying they're sympathetic to the Nazis in the film, and it's a, there's a sad ending. Is that what you're <laughs> suggesting? I am. I, yeah. I can show you yeah. the voting record yeah. of the yeah. region. Yeah. That but they're just <laughs> all war films from that point of view are always going to be a disappointment if you take that view. Yeah, they, that, they are. Yeah, yes, they're going to have yeah. an anti-climax. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you do that. And but, uh, but the reason why... Yeah. The reason but why did I'll, you invent this festival if for you and Marcus Brigstock to be able to put your skiing... Uh, journeys against tax, or yes, or, yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, quite yes, yes, okay. yes. Again, I, I mean, yes. Uh, I mean, it's again, either that I or a weekend in Birmingham. Say no, in answer to that question. <laughs> uh, so it's been a six. I know you've been doing it for several years. Oh, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, Does yeah. that mean your skiing is now super good? Oh, I snowboarded beforehand. You snowboarded beforehand. So yeah. basically, when I moved to England to work on a circuit in the early 90s, when I was 20, all yeah. my mates from Dublin moved to Munich. Yeah. The Irish kids of every generation just yeah. go, this is our city. Right. And we're going to rule the roost here for 10 years. Okay. So, like, the Irish kids have done... Uh, uh, Boston. I mean, Boston, yeah. absolutely. But more, they love yeah. San Diego. Yeah. They love Sydney. They love Toronto. All right. And they love Munich. And they'll just move in a clump of 20,000 of them. Really? And create their own economic and social ecosystem. This is like the Vikings going around the yeah. world, isn't it? Yeah. Seriously, yeah. PB, yeah. one of the one of the best beaches in the whole of Southern California, yeah. just got conquered by Irish kids for five yeah. years. Okay. This and is that's, it. Yeah. That's that's how we sort of, when you my mates were drinking themselves to death because it's the finest beer in the world. Yeah. What with them having the Reinheitz Gebort. Which is since the fourteenth century you can only have four ingredients in German beer, so you never have a hangover. Yeah. There's no shit in their beer. Never have a hangover. You never have a hangover. Not even with one of those. You'll never have alcohol because uh, you'll never have a hangover. No, okay. There's no. There's nothing else in it. There's only four things. Yes. 
and you, all you have to do is rehydrate yourself with water and you're up and, up and right. running. So they were drinking themselves. I always love listening to you because you've got such good advice <laughs> and, and so reliable. I just, I just know it's all true. I mean, a citation <laughs> needed yeah. at all times. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but so that's the reason why. All right, so that's, that's, yeah, but I've, that's I've, why I've, I discovered the Alps. I've got to move on to Please. your next uh, wonder, that, which is swimming is your next. Yes. Uh, so this is... River deep, mountain high. We're we're getting through. That's right. So swimming, you watch it, you do it. Well, I did it like everybody else. I did all the school swimming, right? Yeah. And then I I lived for twenty years in North London, like you, and um, I I I discovered the ponds in Hampstead. All right. So this is outdoor swimming. That's right. And I just became very passionate about that. And made some great friends. One of my best mates who's, who's since passed away, but like, yeah. just a great life. Yeah. Just the the pawns, the lifeguards are all second generation Irish dudes from North London. <laughs> they get paid really well by the city of London to yeah. read newspapers and listen to Five Live all day. Yeah. They're they're some of the most yeah. sophisticated men I've ever met. Well, just, let's just explain. Uh, Hampstead Heath in London is the biggest part of big, big, and it's got these nat- more or less natural ponds, three artisanal wells. And for, yeah. for one reason or another, the City of London, the, the financial district, owns it, owns it, and runs it. And they are often saying, as I've understood it, "Oh, can we stop having people swimming these ponds because it's a little bit dodgy with the infections? You might better." Put. And every any time yeah. they say that, people like you go, "Yeah," and we want to carry on. No, but, it's always yeah. clean. It's basically it's. It's you know it's it's spring like a lot. Water. It's spring water. It's it's yeah. chalk hills. Yes. So the, the water is brackish by yeah. its nature, but it's yes. it's very clean. Like there's a yeah. lot of life in there. A lot yeah. of, there's crayfish. There's all sorts. Yes. Oh, there's a there's problem with crayfish, isn't they? Come. There's some invasive species that, that yeah. come out of the water. Delicious invasive yeah. species. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and really easy to catch. Yeah. You just have to get a bucket and take yeah, them away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, but sometimes I I don't swim there, but I have walked my dogs, various dogs there over the years, and sometimes there's signs up saying, "Don't let your dog go into this water. It's dangerous." It's, oh, that's it's the bit. It's infection. The bloom. Or, the yeah, algal the bloom. bloom. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just wonder, and you see this. So there's a. There's, is it still there? There's a men only pool. And a There's, women only pool, they're, and they're open all year round. Yeah. And then the mix is only open during the yeah. summer. So and you, you just do you go over the mix, the men, or men, the men's in the winter, and yeah. then obviously mix in the summer. Yes, but it's an amazing group of people. Like you get extraordinary cross sections. Mm. Uh, had a couple of runs ins with the Russian intelligence there over the years because their spy base is beside the men's pond. Right. It's so, right there. So how does that crop up when you're swimming along? Oh, you'll know, yeah. you'll know them. They're yeah. thugs. They're pieces of shit. Yes. Uh, I had to throw one of them out one time. Yeah. There's men's pond. Do you in get a lot of arguments with people. I, it's, weirdly, it seems like I'm yeah. way more aggressive than I am, but I'm not. <laughs> but I have had run-ins with Russian intelligence there. Yes. Yeah. Do you, are you worried about that? You might suddenly find somebody with a big hand pushing your head under. These the water. are deeply incompetent, thuggish people. Like. <laughs> they're useless. Well, they do manage to bump off a few these yeah, only unaccountable deaths of enemies of Putin. Yeah, but they're only people they've already yeah. met before. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I wouldn't it's, go on any high balconies with any of these. No, guys, no, 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 no. I stay yeah. at water level with them. Yes, and then it's yeah. a fifty-fifty. Yeah. <laughs> and you prefer swimming in ponds than to go to a swimming pool or, or swim in the lake, sea as lakes, well. Lakes, rivers, sea. Yeah. I live in Kent now. I swim there. Yeah. Probably one of the most amazing things about swimming outside is swimming in the rain. Yes. Because obviously your eyes are at the actual water level. Mm. But when rain hits a surface of water, yeah. the, the raindrops then bounce back up sort of, you know, three or four inches. Yeah. And each raindrop forms this beautiful silver sphere just only for a very, very split second. Right. But it, it's, it's just an amazing thing to be in. And when you swim outside and it rains, yeah. I, I don't, I'm sure there's, there's obviously an obvious reason for it, mm. like there's some sort of physiological reason yeah. but the sea gets warmer all right instantly yeah it's, it's so much warmer when it rains on you and it's okay. just a beautiful freeing moment right. I, I the reason why i gig in sydney is to swim yeah i go down there for a swim yeah. basically a swimming holiday where i gig yeah. I, i'm very obsessed with swimming so yeah. i am um, there's Are you okay with the seawater when there's the odd bucket of sewage comes flying past you yeah you, the, again you, you yeah. can start you start to see it you can yes. see it you can you know you can just it, it moves differently you know the, yeah in the water i mean it's and there's it's bits and pieces in the water and the, yeah, yeah it's just it just moves it, yeah. it, it the consistency of the water is heavier than the yeah, better water around it, and <laughs> you can see where to swim past it. All right, but in Sydney, there's a hundred and uh, hundred twenty beaches, and uh, I 
I swim there and you know you can if you, you swim over two hours in the sea yeah. and this sounds going to sound hippie and I know you won't agree with me and I'm not a hippie either but you can sense the sharks uh, okay it, once you've been in for a long period of time yeah it's something around the back of your ears isn't that the sort music do 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 yes they have an yeah. opera with they've got a chamber orchestra right. with them at all times and so you, you obviously get a almost, or maybe even a spiritual thing out of it but it's also physically good for you I suppose yeah I mean, absolutely yeah. and it's you know the other thing is you know I've got a lot of mates who are still in the world of contact sport yeah. You know, football or whatever. I'm 48. I don't want anything. Like, with swimming, everything's pulling at the same yes, yeah. mass and ratio at the same time, you know? Yeah. But I do it for more for the head, to be honest. Yeah. It's okay. just a it's a very good head clear. Well, that's, that's, that's a very good wonder. And a, a lot of people say swimming is really good for you. Maybe even takes us back to our origins before but we I, crawled I, out of the water. Well, I think, well, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I, I, I basically tried to find where I could get eaten by a shark. Okay. So yeah. if you go about Sydney, there's the harbour yeah. and there's bull sharks there. They're length of a couch, very aggressive. Yes. And then there's obviously in the ocean side, Manly and Bondi, most famously, you'll have great whites, but right. they now don't really come in. It's too brackish, yeah. whatnot. Temperature's not right for them. Yeah. So there's over like 80 beaches within the harbour. Yeah. And it turns out there's one beach is the most likely to get eaten by a shark. Yes. And that's Clontarf Beach. Okay. Which is named after a suburb of Dublin. Right. But there's Clontarf Beach. And it turns out if it rains for 48 hours, the nutrients go in, the little fish are all activated and, you know, keeps moving up the supply mm. chain. And there's underneath Clontarf Beach, there's what's called the hole. There's, a, it, there's an actual uh, physiological feature yeah. that goes 200 metres down. And that's where the, the bull sharks live. That's yeah. the bull shark city. So at dawn, if it's a cloudy day at dawn and it's rained for 24 hours yes. and it's Clontarf Beach at dawn, that's where you're most likely to get eaten by a shark. Yeah. And the last person who was, was a woman in the 1940s who did that. And I did it three years ago. Oh, wow. All on my own. Yeah. It wasn't... Just I, you, do you, do you enjoy the danger, the risk of it or the... I wanted yeah. to sense them. Yeah. Now that I'd sense them in other places, I want to see whether I could sense yeah. them louder. <laughs> and uh, you could you would do, like, they were like screaming it was like rush hour traffic I always li- I like listening to you Andrew because it's like being in a bar somewhere in the world late at night with somebody telling you stories in that a little may or Irish, may not be true Irish accent that sometimes <laughs> well I've, I've uh, swum in Australia uh, I was off Bondi Beach so if yeah. you're going to go there again yeah. I lost a watch there quite a valuable watch I've I'll been get given it. I'll get it if for you. you could look out for it I'll, I'll get the sharks to find yes, it for you yeah. it uh, might pass through one of them but you'll get it Back. Okay, I, I, I want one of those magical things to happen because <laughs> it was, uh, I had to, a dreadful admission I had to make to my parents. I'd lost the watch they'd give uh, me for my 18th or whatever I it was. I did that. That happened yeah. to me, Clive. Yeah? On my 18th birthday, my parents, we yeah. didn't have a lot of money and they got me a watch. Yeah. Like, because watches were important yeah. years I, ago. And I, lost it, I lost it on my 18th birthday oh. on, on, on the town. Oh, that's a bit bad. That's, that's sooner than I did. But oh, uh, yeah. I just cried all night. My parents yeah. were good about it, but like, yeah. it's still to this day I feel... I know. Uh, Spasm of shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, well, we're, we're, anyway. bond, we're bonding over lost watches on Bondi Beach. And spasms uh, of shame. Spasms of shame. So your next uh, wonder, this is a very interesting uh, literary one, The Leopard. Yes. Uh, by Giuseppe Lampedusa. That's right. Um, a fine book, a prize-winning book. Oh, but yeah. why have you chosen it as a wonder of the world? What is it about this particular... Candor. 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 Yes. You have Pe- to expand on that. Yes. No, yeah. but it, yeah. what a virtue, though. Yeah. You know, and so rare. I mean, it is rare, Candor. Yeah. So for those who don't know, so the, uh, the Leopard is uh, the biggest selling book in the Italian language. Sold over four and a half thousand copies. And the, <laughs> in, in Italian, you know what yeah, I mean? It's, yeah. it's, 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 you know. So it's published in 1959. That's right. Yeah. So uh, Tomasi de Lampedusa, right, is the guy who wrote it, mm. who was the Duke of Lampedusa, which is an obscure island that's now become famous because of the migrant crisis. It's actually yeah. closer to Libya than it is to Italy, but nevertheless, it's Italian sovereign territory. And he was the Duke of there, yeah. right? And he was from Sicily. And in the 50s, him and his wife, he was the Duke of Sicily and Lampedusa, and they were uh, very famous for being the jet set. Everybody would come and stay at their castle. They hosted a lot of parties mm. for movie directors and everything else. Uh, and he'd, he would always tell people he had a novel in him. Yeah. And everybody was like, ah, very good. Yeah. But everybody dismissed him as being, you know, upper class, but a bit lightweight and whatnot. A great guy for a party, but not a serious individual. Right? Yeah. And he wrote this novel, which was set in uh, the 1870s when the unification of Italy 
right? Uh, obviously, Giuseppe Garibaldi and the whole, you know, thing. And he, he, he said, he's basically, it's, so he's in the 50s writing it. Yeah. And it's, the book is set in the 1870s. And it's a About his great-great-grandfather. That's right, who was yeah. also the Duke of yeah. Sicily, yeah. right? And th- that's, the, on the surface, the story, mm. right? What happened in reality was he never got it published in his own lifetime. He got knocked back by everyone. Yeah. Despite the, his all social connections and, and media connections, everybody was like, yeah, yeah, no. When he died, his nephew, Toma, uh, uh, his, his nephew is Tancredi, who, who discovered this manuscript and read it. And in the book, uh, the manuscript, Tancredi is also in it as the beloved nephew yeah. in the 1870s. And it's, it's basically an autobiography fictionalised as his great-great-grandfather. Yeah. Nobody ever read it in his lifetime. And it is extraordinary piece of uh, incredible emotional intelligence. Yeah. But the candour in it is incredible. And obviously, you've got the, the flavouring of, yeah. of this incredible seismic change in Italian society. So whether, whether these old aristocrats should carry on the way they had been living or, yeah, yeah. or embracing the new order. Yeah, but it's also revolutionary. Like, Garibaldi was That's around, right. Yeah. All, all that's the macro story, yeah. but then it's the, the emotional story of yeah. his own emotional journey, his life, yeah. how he actually f- genuinely felt about his wife, his children, yeah. his beloved nephew, his mistress, yeah. his, his gardener. Yeah. It's, it is just, it's shocking in its candor, yeah. but beautifully written. And, and it, it's such an amazing backstory as well. And this old uh, aristocrat in the story has to decide whether to marry off his uh, nephew to the beautiful daughter of a of corrupt, a, dodgy... Yeah, a nouveau riche guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, that's yeah. an all part of it as well. Yeah. The, the so when did you come across this uh, uh, this book? I, I was driving in the car. Like, I, almost all, I, I didn't attend university. I started doing stand-up when I was 17. Yeah. And my university course has been listening to Radio 4 in the car. Yes, and he, well, there he might was, have got a lot of wrong stuff from that yeah, as well, to, yeah, yeah. to be honest. But, oh, uh, yeah. well, some of those shipping reports <laughs> yes, were wrong. Yes, um, yeah. So you're, you're self-taught? You're self, uh, yeah. yeah. I, no, and no. did you read it in English or in Italian? No, in English. Yeah, in yeah, English. Yeah. But uh, Italians, you can, if you could speak English, you could read Italian and yeah. understand 90% of it. Well, maybe. What, more than German, yeah. more than Germanic yeah. languages. It's weirdly unintelligible. Okay. But I, no, no, I read it in English. And it, there was a thing on it about it years ago. Mm. And I was in driving ploughing up and down yeah. the M1 or whatnot. And I went, wow, what an amazing, interesting backstory. And then I read the book and I was like, this is, this is what yeah. I like. This is emotional candor yeah. from another heterosexual man. Yes. Right? Yeah, no, oh, okay. You know what I mean? No, and it's yeah, not like, yeah. I mean, I love, I love um, Steinbeck and I love uh, Hemingway, yeah. but it's, it's always one remove. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're always talking yeah. about another subject. Yes. Tell me about you, fucker. Yeah. Okay, um, so uh, so an excellent book. Uh, I must have I haven't read it. I was once in Sicily uh, with some friends mm. and uh, uh, somebody that I didn't know particularly well. So have you read the Leopard? And I said, well, no, I haven't. Well, well, you're here in Sicily. You should have read it before coming. And I thought, well, yeah, maybe I should. And I, I will read it now. I remember saying that I will yeah. read it now. And we discussed it a lot. It discussed it a lot. Yeah, and I now realise the years have gone when I haven't read it now. Yeah. And I, if only I'd done so, I'd be able to engage. It's more. a wonderful, wonderful yeah. read as well. Like yes. I mean, it's it is great yeah. prose. Yeah. All I know about it is that the, the 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 title in Italian doesn't mean leopard. It's a different. It's a different animal. It's a. It's a. I can't remember the name of the animal. It's a small lynx-like animal. Yeah. And it's been translated as the leopard. So we always call it leopard. I think it's a heraldic thing. It's the same with the it, it th- is, the yeah. three lions on yeah. English Jersey. Heraldically, are actually leopards. They are leopards. In this case, it's a different. Uh, and it, it is the heraldic device in his uh, coat of arms. But it's an animal, a sort of Saharan animal. Um, but for some reason, it doesn't mean much in English, so it's been always been called the leopard. Really? But it loses that relevance to, yeah. to the story. And the, co- and the connection to North yeah. Africa, yeah. of course. I thought I'd written down the name of that animal, but it turns out I haven't. Maybe it's so, a civet. You no, know, it's, it's the most expensive coffee in the world. Yeah, I know. That they, yeah, they, they, they eat them. It, and yeah, it's not a civet. It's a, it begins with S. And I'm sorry I didn't write it down correctly. <laughs> anyway, so very interesting, very interesting uh, wonder. There's, there's Italian yeah. literature for yeah, you. Yeah, excellent. But you didn't think when you were going to find yourself in this basement. <laughs> Oh, we've covered it. Well, not everyone's been here for this, but I've sat through uh, lots of wonders of lots of different people. Nobody, that's not an overlap. Nobody else has chosen awesome. um, any Italian literature in the course oh, of Oh, can I show. recommend one more Italian thing? Yeah, if you want to. Uh, Norman Lewis. Oh, yes. So, yeah, I, you don't remember, he was a, a British travel writer. Yes. He was really quite famous in the yeah. 70s. And he wrote these amazing books, but he wrote 
he he served in the Second World War as British military intelligence in uh, Naples. Right. In for the whole of 1944, and it's he published in the 70s his diary entries as an intelligence officer in charge of Naples in 1944. Yeah. It's just literally called Naples 44. Yeah, amazing, oh, amazing. So, I, I, you're straying into almost another wonder here. You're going to have eight wonders. If I'm oh. careful, we'll have to put that as a sub wonder of just Italian literature generally, or the, a literature about Italy. The, the beguiling Italian South. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So your next one is Lebanon. Yes. The country Lebanon. Now, I know you know all about this because you had this as your specialist subject on yeah. Mastermind. Oh, yes. Celebrity, celebrity Mastermind. Yeah, I went for the Lebanon. Yeah. And is this right? Because, again, you've seen notes about things. You didn't know anything about the Lebanon until you were booked to appear and you mugged up on it. That's right. Well, that's a mad subject to mug because it's a very complicated history of the Lebanon. Even just learning which religious groups there are. Fourteen it, of them. Yes, there's a lot. You know, it's, a, it's basically, if you can imagine Northern Ireland, only the size of Wales and 14 different type of fuckers hating each other. Yes, yeah. That's yeah. what has always captivated me yeah. about the Lebanon. I'm like, yeah. well, watch this, you two flag pricks in Belfast. <laughs> How about 14 yeah. flags and a ski resort yeah. in the middle? Like, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> And uh, so you mugged up on that and did pretty well. Did you win the? Uh, the I did, yeah. I did, yeah. I did, yeah. I got 24 points. Yeah. 24. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Only, why it's a yeah. wonder to you that. Yeah. No, and well, have you and have you been inspired to go to Lebanon? Uh, no, Christ, no, it's a shithole. <laughs> um, that was an absolute basket case. No, I am. Um, uh, the reason, genuinely, was uh, yeah. the Irish Army have always uh, provided troops for UNIFIL, which is the, the UN. Yeah. on the border between, you know, Israel and southern Lebanon. So Ireland's always had this weird connection to Lebanon. All right, yeah. And then, you know, in the 80s, yeah. when it was all kicking off in, in the yeah. north of Ireland and in Lebanon at the same time, yeah. the fact that there were 14 of them, I thought, like, that made yes. me feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> about, you know, it's more about complicated anyway. Yeah. And, and, if and you, they have a very complicated constitution based on the, popul- the proportions of the population. For, in 47. For, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, which is and totally they don't animal. dare do another census because, because, because the president has to be, um, I don't know, a Christian, let's say, and the, the prime minister has to be a Muslim. That's right. And the, the, pre- the Druze pres- get to be something else. So, that's right. Yeah. The, pre- the yeah. president has to be a, a Maronite Christian, yeah. specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that carry on. So the reason why I chose it... now. I'm going to let you in on the sneaky secrets if you're yeah. ever going to do the show. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, you're against the clock. Most people choose something that's close to their heart. So their yeah. football team or yeah. their favourite band or some, you know what yeah. I mean? Something that is almost part of their identity. Yeah. Um, like, you know, Liverpool and Hibs yeah. and, you know, football. So yeah. they choose something that's very close to their heart. Yes. Right? Now, the more specific you use your topic on Mastermind, yeah. the longer the sentence by its nature. Yes. Right, example, there was a guy who chose, in the, in the show I was on, chose Alex Ferguson. Yeah. So you end up, the question ends up being three sentences <laughs> against the clock. Yes. Right? Whereas there's only so much you can gild the lily of what's the longest river in the Lebanon? Yeah. Latani. Yeah. But like, 
there's only so much you can do it. So yeah. I, I decided, instead of take my emotional register away from it and not have be connected to it, yeah. right? So Because what happens is, you go, this is something that really matters to you. It's your identity. First question comes out, you fluff it, yeah. and all of a sudden you're yeah. having existential angst in a leather chair on but, television. But, but I suppose if you already have a knowledge of stuff, you come to it thinking, well, I know half this already. That's I just right. have to top it up. Well, if you start from a standing start, exactly. you, you were challenging yourself. Yeah, and also it's a fascinating subject. Yes, yeah. You know, so yeah. I basically what I did was I yeah. broke the country down into 10 topics and then set 10 questions on each topic. So I had 100 questions and 100 answers yeah. in my mind's eye Yes. when I sat in the chair. I, I, I've been to Lebanon. I actually made a, a documentary about Lebanon. Really? Um, not that I can recall all the facts to, to, to match yours, but it was an, it was a couple of things I think worth mentioning at this stage. Uh, so there was a book to go with it. So, and I was writing the book at the same time as I was making the documentary. Awesome. And, I, and to explain the history of Lebanon and why there are so many things, it yeah. took me about six pages. And then when I came to do the voiceover part of the documentary, it was me arriving at the airport and I drive about, you know, 300 yards and meet my first interviewee yeah. and I said well where do I explain the history of uh, Lebanon well you do it there you do it oh, you was a voicing over that car journey which lasts about 30 seconds <laughs> and <it just> <laughs> 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 impossible well that, that's the, the, the impossible. Of these things. so it's why I, th I think it's why people do book tie-ins of uh, documentaries because you, you you have to kind of know the stuff and you yeah. want to put it down somewhere yeah, to demonstrate yeah. you know because you can't get it into the TV program and where, so where you, mm. you did Beirut yeah. Yeah, it was mostly Beirut it was uh, it was it was, it was we're looking at places with, with a bad reputation. It was after the fighting, or most of the fighting had finished. Yeah. So I did a great trip to see Walid Jumblat. Uh, wow, yeah. The, yeah, the warlord of the Druze. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we drove up into the hills. We got there, mm. and he's. Do you, do you remember him? He's, he was he was a playboy for a while, and That's then he right. took over from his father, who got and assassinated. Yeah, and his he became a very big figure. Yeah. And we got there, and he said, "Oh, I didn't know you were coming." With a film crew. And he, said, he must have known. Why don't you go and film? There's a wedding taking place down in the village right. between a, a Druze and a Christian, oh, just wow. to demonstrate that things, things are so are much moving happier. On. Yeah, yeah. When, so we went away and did that. Then we came back, and then a huge feast had he'd got from somewhere. Maybe he does it every day, but yeah, yeah. for us, he provided. And he was. We chatted away over lunch. He was most indiscreet and rude about the Americans, rude Everybody, about all the other yeah. group. And, and we said, I, well, I, can we do, we'd have to do the interview now. Oh, uh, I normally have a sleep after lunch. <laughs> he's uh, good. If you don't know him, yeah. he looks, he's, he's bald, he's, hair, he's big, yeah. lugubrious yeah. eyes and his massive moustache. Yes. And he, he basically, the, the Druze are a fascinating, yeah. fascinating people. A weird group or well, they're, they're, tiny sect. That, yeah, uh, but they're, like, yeah. There's, so there's, there's Druze in Lebanon, mm. there's Druze in Israel, there's Druze Syria. in Syria. Yeah. Largely, that's it. Yeah. I mean, except for a diaspora. Yeah. But they, the Druze in Israel are a key part of the Israeli fighting force. Yeah. They they fight with the Israelis, <laughs> and the ones in in Syria fight with uh, for Assad. And yeah. his lot, he switched them back and forward like an incredible political operator. And complicated beliefs. They don't really like explaining too much. To that's right. It's a that. syncretic religion. Yeah. They're not allowed to tell you. They 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 don't marry yeah. out like. Uh, yeah. uh, traditionally yeah. like Jewish people. There's a one million of them worldwide. Yeah. The most famous one was uh, the voice of uh, Casey Kasem, who was the voice of Scooby-Doo. No, George Clooney's wife is the most famous. Oh, I guess she is now. You're yeah, right, yes. yeah. Amal Clooney, yeah, she's, yes. yeah, she's <laughs> Jewsy as well. But, uh, yeah, yes, okay, no, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, of a different yeah. vintage. Yeah. But he's... He is, <laughs> but Wally Jumblad yeah. is yeah. one of the greatest political survivors. Like I said, his, his, all his brothers, all his uncles, his dad and his granddad were all assassinated. Because yeah. they, they keep switching sides. Yes. Uh, Pro-Western, pro-East, you know, yeah. everybody. But an all incredible, right. fascinating man. Well, he was, a, he was a very affable person, and, but, but we never could get him to say all the uh, industry no, stuff. Absolutely Once no the cameras chance. rolled, he was yeah. A, half asleep, and B, very discreet. Uh, rugby is your next to wonder. Yeah. Um, so do you play it? Uh, you watch it? You used Both. to play it? Well, I played, I played as a boy. I went to a rugby school. Uh, I'm five foot six. I was an excellent uh, centre at 12 and 13. Yes. And by 14, everybody else's balls dropped. Yes. They became giants. I know, I and remember then, this. Yeah, yeah. Just being yeah. smushed into the mud in November. Yes. And that's when I discovered the drama school. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, yeah, but my love of, my love of both codes. Yeah. I've always loved Union because obviously that's, that's Ireland. Yeah. And then um, during lockdown, I discovered uh, League. Yeah. Love League now as well, like. 
All right. Oh, yeah. And do you extend to all football? Because football has an odd history, sort of the middle of the 19th century onwards. All the, there's Australian rules, football, American football, yeah. Union, yeah. Gaelic football. Yeah. They're all fairly similar, or they were, and yeah. they've gone down. It's like an evolutionary uh, divide. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. do you... Do you you like rugby union the most, or the? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it's what yeah. uh, what I know being Irish. You yeah. know, I mean, it's it's pretty much. There is a tiny amount. I'm gonna go see Ireland play Lebanon in the <laughs> in the rugby league World Cup in the autumn. Oh, really? They're playing combining in, your wonders. Yes, one. exactly. That's a, yeah, that's very. They're, they're going to be playing at Lee Centurions Ground. All right. So well. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yes. But uh, they'll thrash us because the Lebanese team are just dudes from suburban Sydney. Yeah. Who are some of them are to, some of the top players in the league. So. Yeah. And I, I honestly have no idea who plays yeah. league for Ireland. But, but I love it. I didn't I, know they I'm, played rugby league in Ireland at all. I, the Wolfhounds, they're called. They're yeah. a, it's very, very small time. Yeah. But what I love about both codes, I also, as we've discussed, I also love football. But uh, what I love about both codes of rugby is there's no shirking. Mm. It's like being on the stage. There's no yeah. hiding place. Yeah. You know? You can, you can, you know what I mean? If you're out there yeah. on the pitch, boy or girl, either code, you're going to get smashed. Well, uh, You're going to get smashed. But rugby unions have come more like that, hasn't it, over the years? They're all big guys now. Uh, Much bigger. Yeah, yeah. And then you thump into each other more than dodging around each other. It seems it's it depends. It depends who's the coach and what yeah. style you play. That's yeah. very much a Springboks game. All right. Well, I never played at a school when I was well, a bit like you. I was... Uh, small and fast, I played mm. on the you know wing three quarter. The mm. ball comes down the line, as you, yeah, and then, some, then somebody hits you, or and you're spat in the mud, or every now and then you skip round them and, and score a try, but yeah. uh, not enough times to make me want to do it. <laughs> to, to do it again. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit sporty when I was young, but a bit like you, yeah, I drifted off to other things. But yeah. uh, but, but that's I, what that's what I love about. It. I love the endeavour. Yes, I love the endeavour yeah. of of rugby. It's impossible to yeah. not be doing it. The one thing I find with if I watch an odd international match, you think, oh, you you you, you want your team to win, but half the time you have to wait for the referee to tell you what happened, uh, yeah. and and because nobody else knows. Oh, it's, listen, uh, Clive, I, yeah. I work for BT Sport Rugby, yeah, and I haven't got a clue. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a bunch of giant men on top of each other, yeah, and there's a geography teacher uh, peering into yeah. it all, and then he blows yeah. a whistle and and yeah. goes well, it's that side. S- somebody's hand went slightly over something. Uh, yeah. slightly, oh, it's a penalty. You could score some extra points yeah, yeah. for nothing much happening in the middle of a game. That's right. And as a, an actual professional rugby uh, commentator, yeah. what I do is I wait till somebody says something first yeah. and then I go, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's he's yeah. incredible soft yeah. hands. What a jackler. What a jackler. <laughs> I tell you what, what the three three second rook speed, that's yeah. Leinster's. Uh, <laughs> They're going to spot this eventually, aren't they? You're, you're, you're just, <laughs> Nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody knows. There's a, there's a yeah. giant pile of men. Yes. Who knows what's going on in well, there? Well, there can be all sorts of things going on with the giant. Well, I can tell you what's happening. Yeah. There's two cops feeling each other's ghoulies. That's what's happening. <laughs> That's part of your commentary on the game. Yeah. <laughs> it was better in the old days when people ah, had jo- It wasn't professional. They just they just turned up a bit sort of worse for wear and then ran around a bit and somebody won. Oh. Now they're too... And all the raking. sport is now ruined by ah, There's not practicing. enough raking either. Nobody rakes each other anymore. <laughs> For those who don't know, that's yeah. in rugby. We yeah. just, yeah. just, yeah. just, you know, get people yeah. with their studs. Yeah. Just slash them across the back. There's a lot of things. Uh, probably poking people's eyes out. Ah, uh, there was a lot of gouging back in the day. Yeah. You've got to admire a good gouge. <laughs> We've got to move on. Australian fauna is your next wonder. Yes. All Australian fauna. You'd like well, the marsupials. Well, it kind of, it, it kind of yeah. uh, jumps back to what we were talking at yeah. the top. The reason why I did I'm a Celebrity was yeah. to, to get amongst the fauna. Yeah, but you were in a TV studio, essentially. It's, no, you're in the bush, dude. You are, yeah. You're in the bush. Like, there's, yeah. they're there. Yeah. So the, the brown snake is a chasing snake. Right. It's a big snake. That's it's, not an expression you want to hear, a chasing snake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'll chase yeah. you. Yes. And he, it's a co- good couple of metres long. Uh, yeah. When we went in there, one of the guys... Right? Yeah. The Aussie Special Forces are in balaclavas the whole time. Yeah. And they're not allowed to talk to you. Yeah. And what happens, a bit that's never shown on the show. Yeah. I, I don't know why, because they show everything else. But yeah. Say if you're in, the, you're in the camp. Yeah. And you've been picked by the general public or whatnot yeah. to go off to do the trial. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ant and Dec will come in. And you, Andrew, are going off to do the yeah. Ark of Agony. <laughs> right? And you're like, all right. Yeah, yeah. And then they leave. Right? They walk off set. Cut. Yeah. Right? They off. And then two just giant dudes in balaclavas just go. 
and they lead you off and they hold you. You're hooded. Yeah. And then they bundle you into the back of a lorry and they trundle you around the mountainside yeah. and make you sit in an unair-conditioned lorry for half an hour while you can hear animals roar and scream. And then they pull you out, pull the bag off your head, and there's that in deck again. Yeah. Hello, Andrew. Yeah. Are you ready to do the trial? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So have they just driven you around in a circle and taken you back it's to the original? It's incredible. It's a purpose-built set. Yes. A giant set. It's sort of like... Yeah. I guess if you take in the whole of Bristol Square and the whole of George Square... Yeah. And it's sort of this sort yeah. of... Actually, do you know what? It's more... It'd probably be like map-wise the size of the meadows. All right. It's all up and down hills. And, okay. and after the British show ends, the Germans go in. There's, they just... One show after another. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. But the animals are wild in there. So yeah. there's one day... I'm coming back from the Dunny. There's yeah. one just... It's a long festival long drop toilet. Yes. And you've got to kick it at night so that the huntsman spiders fall off it and don't land on your head while you're having a shit. The okay. hunties the size of your hand. Oh, no, I've heard of them. But they, oh, they're completely they, harmless. They're like a, a British... You don't have that happening when you're... No, you know, no, no, no. But they're the size of your hand. But yeah. they're like a drained spider. They're like a British drained spider, only yeah. fast. Yes. So you kick them off and you come out and one night we were told if you ever see a snake, what you have to do is put your fist in the air and shout, snake, snake. Yes. And then the SAS will show up and deal with it. Yeah. It's pretty reassuring. Yeah. So I'm coming back from the dunny one night and there was a brown snake, big brownie, just blocked my path, which could outrun a man. Yeah. And has a giant head and can (laughs) kill you and wants to kill you. Yes. Right, this isn't just a... They've got it in for you. Yeah, Yeah. they want to do it. Yes. It's not like a Scottish guy at a wedding. He has a knife, but he doesn't mean any harm. (laughs) Right? This is like... Yeah. He's, you know what I mean? Yeah. He he wants to. Yes. So I'm there and I went, snake, snake. Nothing. <laughs> so what about your get, fellow campmates? They're all asleep. I was, yeah. I was, I was the last one up. So I'm like, "Stay, yeah. stay!" Yeah. And two dudes amble in, and they must have been the territorial division of the Australian yeah. SAS. These pair of Toby maniacs. Well, they waddled in yeah. with a, a potato sack and you know one of those little crook. All right, yeah, yeah. Sticks or yeah. They went. Where is it? Well, it's just gone into this rockery. We, yeah. we slept around a rockery that was half real, half fake. Right. That the camera array was built into, but I thought yeah. it was real. And the brownie had just gone into this little crevice right beside where I sleep. Yeah. I mean, it's just gone in there. And they went, oh. And they peered in, yeah. and they just went, ah, he's fucked off. <laughs> and they fucked off. Yeah. Did you get a good night's sleep after that? Or? I can't say I did. <laughs> and then there was also the, the yeah. funnel webs were there as well. But there was loads And they of, can kill you, can't they, funnel webs? A funnel web will, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, like I said, we had the antidotes. We used I assumed you were talking about kangaroos and wallabies. And, you know, oh, not which all I the want, things that were trying to kill you. Which I want to get to. Oh, right. right. We're so, running out of time. Right, so but I need yeah. everybody to know, right? Yeah. We, I talked to kids to the zoo the other day. Yeah. They've got a koala. Everybody queues up to see the koala. Koalas are useless, smelly pricks. Yeah. They're useless. Yeah. They're nowhere near as... They stink. Yes. They're half dead. They, they've got poxy claws. Yeah. They, honestly, you're past one, you take a picture with it, honestly, nothing loves you less. <laughs> right? Just... Yeah. Just scagged out of its mind. Yeah. yeah. It's a dreadful animal. Don't waste your time. The greatest Australian animal, mm. and nobody knows the outside of Australia, yeah. is the quokka. The quokka. Oh, my God. The cutest thing in the world. Yeah. most life-affirming moment you can have with an animal is right. a quokka. It's like a, t- a tiny kangaroo. Yeah. Only much cuter. It, it permanently has a smile on its face, just the way its mouth yeah. goes. It's got massive eyes, yeah. and it skips towards you for a hug. Yeah. Because it only exists on this little island off Perth. Yeah. And can, they, can anyone confirm these? They, they do. You met a quokka, right? Are you Australian? Can you agree? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, so lovely. Because I always think I do need corroboration with any of your stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. I, I don't want to go, oh, quokka, I was going to... And then... Uh, I believe the term is trust but verify. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but you've got to, the quokka. Every time people yeah. waste their lives with a kangaroo, I'm yeah. like, quokkas. Yes. It, it'll see you and it'll come, it bounds over to you for a pet. Oh, right. They love to be cuddled okay. and petted. All and right, I'm going to have to rush you on because we, we, we've already gone beyond time. We've got one more wonder to do, All which right. is the mystery of the miniature coffins on Arthur's seat. Does everybody know about these? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 
you know about the I do, I do, but it's, uh, but it's the mystery side of it that, that attracts you. Fascinating. So, they were in discovered in... 1830s. Yes. Uh, some young lads, Fiendra, uh, probably out the fucking arsehole of the tune, yeah. uh, they were hunting rabbits up on Arthur's seat in the 1830s. And uh, they found this piece of slate and they pulled it out and inside were all these miniature dolls in coffins. They're like the size of a hand and there's only nine left in existence and they're all just around the corner in the museum. Yeah. The National Museum of Scotland has them. Each one of them is a little uh, wooden skeleton with hand-stitched clothes, all individual, in these little wooden coffins. And to this day, nobody knows what they are yes. or who made them or why. They, Fascinating. Yeah, it is a mystery, and it's not. But they're not ancient. Ancient. They were. They they, they, they worked out. They, I think it's eighteen thirty six. They were found. That's right. And they were probably made in eighteen thirty. That's right. So they they're recent to that time. That's right. Some people think it was there was a, a, a Edinburgh because it's on the North Sea had a connection to all the Hanseatic League yeah. port towns of of the North Sea and the Baltic, yeah. and they they think the German sailors had a tradition of keeping these little. Yeah. Little as as momentum, or you know, sort of looking good luck charm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Or they, it could be commemorating the victims of Burke and Hare. That's who, right. Who they were, th it could have been. Yeah, they think it could have been to do with body snatching and Burke and Hare. Yeah, but they honestly don't know. And what it's amazing about them, and they're worth seeing because they're one very skillful. They think the tools that were used. To make them were the same tools as a cobbler would use. Mm. But beyond that, they have no yes. clue. They don't know whether it's... But it, it connects into this sort of... This is my 27th year at the Fringe. My dad's sort of family are actually from Edinburgh. My name, Andrew Maxwell, is the most... You know, if you need to make up a fictional Edinburgh man's name... Yes, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Andrew so Maxwell. So you're really Scottish, you think? Yeah, I'm more yeah. Edinburgh than Scottish. I'm the, well, that would not be yeah, included yeah, in Scotland, wouldn't it? Yeah, I know, but like... Yeah. But specifically, specifically. My ties are here, yes, right? Yes, okay. And... There is something, you know, it's, it's Edinburgh's like Florence. These are cities with great old, old, old money. Yeah. And then a, a, an underclass that are almost never seen. Yeah. And those conditions make darkness. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? There was my very first year at the Fringe, 1992, uh, a, a woman was found in the drains underneath uh, the grass market. Right. I was reading all the local news for new material. Yeah. And she was found, and she was presumed to be a sex worker or a prostitute, as they were called at the time. And she was in that day's news and never mentioned again. Right. It was the same year that the Edinburgh Council rounded up all the tramps, the old-school beardy, yeah. shouting-in-doorway tramps yes. of Edinburgh, told them they were going to be treated to a day out, put them into three coaches and drove them to Glasgow and abandoned them. <laughs> genuinely true. You can still... It's genuine, this Have genuine, they ever come back? <laughs> Who knows? Whether, you know what I mean? But that Edinburgh did and that. And Edinburgh has that. Like yeah. It's the same reason why you've got Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, yeah. Robert Louis Stevenson, the har. There's mm. so much sort of stuff right. that's just slightly behind the scenes in Edinburgh. Oh, I think we should have brought a lighting effect down. Right there, right there. Look, we're, check we're them out. Check that out. is your last uh, wonder, the mystery of the miniature coffins on Arthur's seat. Check made them out by, in the National made Museum. Made uh, with cobbler's tools. And that's the last that's bit know. of cobbler's that you've brought to us <laughs> today. Uh, uh, so thank you very much. I got to choose the wonder of wonders from your list of seven. The one which struck me as particularly wonderful as you described it on this podcast. Well, I'm, I, I feel I should be choosing the leopard. I could be choosing the Lebanon because of having been there. But I think that last one really uh, caps it because we haven't had much time to go into it. But the mystery of the miniature coffins on Arthur's seat. Half this audience, I feel confident, are going to go to the museum and check them out now. Check so you'll have boosted the museum's flow through of people. And you've got a, probably a fridge magnet with them on or something now to, <laughs> to boost their profit. But anyway, thank you very much. Andrew Maxwell. Thank you, Clive. Thanks, guys. If you enjoyed this episode of My Seven Wonders, it would be wonderful if you could rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you found us. Thank you for listening. My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson is a stack production in association with Alaska TV and powered by the Acast Creator Network. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.